The following audio is from Sand Hills Community Church. More information about Sand Hills Community Church is available at www.sandhillschurch.org. Anyone uh, have any uh, getting surprises for Christmas? Just checking. Just anybody getting surprises for Christmas? Surprise gifts? Get some surprise gifts. Do you think that you will have surprises that come your way in 2020? You do. Okay, let me give you a quiz. This is a true or false. Okay, see what you think. Okay, question number one. Um, in 2020, you will get some good news in, in your family life. True or false? Okay. Number two, Gamecocks football <laughs> will win at least six games and go to a bowl game. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> oh, you're coming alive. Number three, your Clemson Tigers will be national champions again on January the 13th. Closer to home, you will get more exercise <laughs> in 2020, true or false, and lose weight. You will travel more in 2020. You will get a raise at work. If you're a student, you'll get a better grade in a subject that is hard for you. Or finally, we will coax and push Pastor Jeff Philpot into growing a beard in 2020. <laughs> no, you're saying no. I think we should work at it. I was going to call this sermon the greatest sermon you have ever heard on December 29th at Sand Hills Community Church, but I decided not to do that. I've been thinking about surprises, and I've been thinking about um, our daughter got married a month ago, and, and uh, that's been a nice surprise and uh, a beautiful surprise and have an additional new family member to our group. Uh, but I've been thinking about possible surprises. And so today I'm going to talk about um, three surprising temptations that I think that we will all face. You know, there's some sermons I think are for everybody, and sometimes there are sermons that are just specifically for a handful or maybe the majority. And I, I, think, that, I think that you'll find that uh, the things that we talk about this morning, that I've been reading your mail a little bit, okay? And uh, so I'd like us to pray and then uh, jump right in. Uh, Jesus, would you help me this morning articulate your heart and your thoughts, your mind, your soul, your, uh, your word to our, to our people this morning? And uh, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. So I think that I think the first temptation, and, and this, these are not heavy, these are not you know, really heavy, sinful kind of things I'm talking about. These are, these are things that I think that uh, most of us are just gonna naturally wrestle with. And I think they're good things to talk about. I think the first temptation we wanna talk about is what I call the, the temptation to push the pedal to the metal of busyness. The pedal of busyness. Uh, our culture um, thrives on fast. Uh, keep moving, keep going, go, 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 go. And I've asked myself the question recently, why are we in such a rush? Uh, Corey Ten Boom says, if the devil cannot make you bad, he'll make you busy. And I think there's truth to that. We see in Mark 6, a scripture in which Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says, he says this to the disciples, come away by yourselves to secluded place and rest for a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. 
Here the disciples are so busy uh, healing and casting out demons and doing great works of ministry that they didn't have any time to eat. They're in a rush. They're in a hurry. They're, they're too busy to eat. And I think that if it's true for the disciples in around 30 AD, it's going to be true in 219 and 220. Uh, it happens at an alarming pace, an alarming rate. Uh, you're going to find it everywhere. Uh, pay attention and just, just look for a second. Think, think across ethnicity. Think across age. Think across... Think across stage of life. Think about college students and millennials and Gen Xers and Gen Yers who are busy, 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 busy. Young parents are busy. Uh, empty nesters are running around faster than ever. Retired seniors are working harder than when they were working. CEOs are busy. Uh, baristas and part-time nannies are going, going, going. Whether you're an American or European or wherever you are, whoever you name yourself to be, chances are you live in the fast lane. And let me tell you that the solution is not having more time, right? Because we all have the same 24 hours. Everybody say, right? Right? We all have the same 24 hours. And so even just telling you to stop being busy is not going to work. So what is the solution? I think the solution, it, it comes from a phrase from a, a Christian philosopher named Dallas Willard who says this, ruthlessly deal with hurry. Would you say that with me? Ready? Ruthlessly deal with hurry. What's he mean by that? Well, think about, think about a couple possible game changers for you because these have been some game changers for me. Think about starting a Sabbath if you have not. Think about a, a new rhythm, a new cadence, a new routine, a new pace of life. In Genesis 2-2, and uh, we hear from the, the Genesis, Genesis narrative that God created the world in six days, and by seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested. Everybody say rested from all the work he had created that he had done. So there's a rhythm, men and women, there's a cadence that God has set into the universe called work and rest, called Sabbath. I've talked about this a little bit here before. Think about the drummer in a, in a band who can totally mess up the whole band by him, being, him or her being off cue. And so there's a rhythm and a cadence. And the rhythm and the cadence is this, six days on, one day off, six on, one off. So for you, you need to figure out what you do for six days. And that seventh day, you put a long, big pause button on it. And so for years and years and years, I realized as a youth pastor and then a lead pastor, then back to a youth pastor, Sunday was not my Sabbath. It was one of the busiest days of my week. So I had to choose another day. And I tried Saturday for a while, but that didn't work well because I spent all day Saturday thinking about what I was going to be doing Sunday. So I ended up landing on Thursday for a long, long time. And that was my getaway from phones and emails and go to the beach, go to the mountains, do something to get away, to break the push, 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 push. So there's a rhythm that God has, has set in motion for us. And I don't know about you, but I've had those days even this week. On Christmas Eve 
morning, I got up and we had breakfast and then my son wanted to go somewhere. So I took him somewhere and I'd come back and spend time with my, my daughter and her new husband. And then they wanted to go to Best Buy. So I ran to Best Buy and then we went to the gym and went to the here and came home and I had to go here. And of course they wanted Chick-fil-A, right? So I had to go to Chick-fil-A. I came home, had to shower. And then by the time I got here at five o'clock, I was exhausted. Now, I know that some of you guys have those kind of days. I'm not telling you you can't have those days. I'm saying, how will you change the pace when you have those days? What will you do to alter that? Carl Jung says, hurry not, is not of the devil. <laughs> it is the devil. And I, I found that for many of us, especially I can find it for me because I can speak to my soul, I have found that hurry is a great enemy to my soul. Hurry is a great enemy to my soul. And one person has defined it as hurried sickness. What is hurried sickness? Hurried sickness is defined as a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. Continual rushing and anxiousness. Meyer Freeman says this. He says, it's an attempt to achieve more and more and more and more things in less and less and less time. So maybe you have hurried sickness so what's the solution? The solution is to start to deal with some margins, start to ruthlessly deal with hurry. So that might be, for some of you, you start a new rhythm of cadence of Sabbath. For some of you, it means that you don't play enough, and you need to add play or leisure to your lifestyle. For example, have you noticed that people are so busy now that people don't even call you on your birthday anymore? Have you noticed that? or your anniversary. Nobody seems to care about anniversaries anymore. Or so what people do now is they text. They don't even text a full sentence because they're so busy. They text a... Right? Thumbs up. Get a little emoji, a little smile, because everyone is in such a hurry. So add some leisure, add some play, add Sabbath to that. Think about how many times... People take naps. You've heard me say it, and it's true. I believe naps are one of the most spiritual things you can do, All right? And everybody said, amen. But here's a problem. Back in research, John Mark Comer says this, when it comes to rest and naps and sleep, did you know that in 1370, the first public clock was erected? Think about that. Before that, time was natural. In 1879, Edison invented the light bulb, which made it possible to stay up past sunset. He goes on. Before Edison, the average night of sleep was, brace yourself, 11 hours per night. Now it's gone to less than seven hours nightly. So this pace, this hurriedness, this Moving, 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 lack of sleep, lack of exercise, lack of eating good food, all plays into the temptation to be constantly in a hurry. I believe that joy and hurry are incompatible. I believe that love and hurriedness is incompatible. I believe that peace 
and hurry is incompatible. Just take, for example, getting to church on time, getting to school on time, getting to your job on time. Have you noticed when you as a family are trying to get somewhere and you are in rush and you are hurting, you are prone to biting someone's head off in your own family? Hello? You are tend to get bitey and snarky and snippy and grumbly and whiny. Okay, I'm just talking about my family. Got it. <laughs> How we treat our spouses when we are in, out of control in hurry. We get that, that attitude. We start sounding smart aleck and demanding. And I'm starting to learn that to walk with Jesus is to slow down, to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry disrupts my prayer life. I don't know about you. Hurry breaks up my relationships. It helps me not be present, fully present. And I'm learning this, and it's taken me a long, long time to learn this. I cannot live in the kingdom of God with a hurried soul. There's more to you than just your body or your mind. There's a soul. And we are going at a frenetic pace that is not sustainable. That's your first temptation in 2020, is to deal ruthlessly with the pace and the hurriedness of life. Number two, temptation. And this plays into the first one. The first temptation is to figure out what's going on with your pace. The second one is to ignore your emotions. The second temptation of 2020 is, what are you gonna do with your emotion? Now, Christians are not good at talking about this because it sounds kind of unspiritual, but your emotional pace, your emotional well-being of love and joy and peace and sadness and anger, all of these emotions tie into your pace and your soul. In fact, King David talks about this in the Psalms. He says this, hey, soul, kind of looking down, soul, why are you downcast? I mean, he doesn't say it just once. He says it in 42, 40, 42, 11, 5, 43, and 5. He mentions a number of times, soul, what's going on with you? And for a lot of us, we think that emotions aren't important, but they are important. Because if you're living in a radical pace of busyness, the next thing to go is to ignore what's going on underneath here under the waterline. And they're, they're caught emotions. Sadness, joy, anger, all of those things. King David says this, I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mom. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Pretending that there's nothing going on down here is not the solution. But when you're hurried and you're moving and you're going and you're going and faster, 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 we tend to ignore the emotional status of our being. The temptation is to ignore your soul. What's the solution? Listen to your soul with greater curiosity. Listen to your, I don't know, um, group therapy moment. Do you ever talk to yourself? All right, let's try again. Do you ever talk to yourself? Okay. Now it's time for you to talk to your soul and then listen and pay attention to the feelings because it's a, it's a thermostat. It's actually a thermometer. It tells you where you are in life. It tells you what you're going through. Pay attention to that. Now, Disney came up with a, a brilliant movie a couple years ago that really 
paints this well. It's called Inside Out. And in this, in this uh, movie clip, uh, there's a girl named Riley. And Riley has been kind of forced to move from Minnesota to San Francisco. And she's having middle school shock. And she's dealing with her emotions. And Disney created this as sort of like the emotions, it's sort of like there's a headquarters inside her head. And it's going to paint the picture of what these emotions go through in a human being. And Riley is struggling with school, and she's struggling with the move, and she loves hockey. And her parents are trying to deal with her. And you're going to watch the scene where the headquarters of all these emotions start to talk to each other. Uh, let's watch this clip called Inside Out. So... As it turns out, the green trash can is not recycling. It's for greens, like compost and eggshells. Mm. And the blue one is recycling. And the black one is... Riley is acting so weird. Why is she acting so weird? What do you expect? All the islands are down. Joy would know what to do. That's it. Until she gets back, we just do what Joy would do. Great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? Mm. Hey, Riley, I've got good news. I found a junior hockey league right here in San Francisco. And get this, tryouts are tomorrow after school. What luck, right? Hockey. Uh-oh, what do we do? Guys, uh, th th this, uh, here, you, you pretend to be joy. Wouldn't it be great to be back out on the ice? Oh yeah, that sounds fantastic. What was that? That wasn't anything like joy. Uh, because I'm not joy? Yeah, no kidding. Did you guys pick up on that? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Oh, something's wrong. Should we ask her? Let's probe, but keep it subtle so she doesn't notice. So, how was the first day of school? She's probing us. I'm done. You pretend to be Joy. What? Okay. Um, hmm. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, very smooth. That was just like Joy. Something is definitely going on. She's never acted like this before. What should we do? We're going to find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Ahem. Uh-oh, she's looking at us. Uh, what did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? <sighs> He's making that stupid face again. I could strangle him right now. Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Seriously? Oh, you kidding me? For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? Boo, I'll be joy. School was great, all right? Riley, is everything okay? <sighs> Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. What is her deal? All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, okay? No, 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 stay happy! What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen? DEFCON 2. Listen, young lady, I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Come and get it! Yeah, well, well... Here it comes. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. Now. Foot is down. The foot is down. Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. Come, fly with me, Gachinha. 
All right, the foot is down. So, as it turns out, the green trash can is not recycled. Your emotions are extremely, extremely important as you navigate hurriedness, busyness. And let me ask you, if you had to choose between, I want margins and space and boundaries, or I want exhaustion, burnout, and being drained, what, what do you want for 2020? I want, I want the margins and the space and the boundaries because I've had the drained and the exhaustion and the burnout, and it's not fun. So as you think about how this plays out in your relationship with people and God, John Orberg says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. I like that. Your first temptation is to deal with hurriedness. Your second is to ignore your emotions. Your third temptation, finally, is to allow yourself and allow myself to spiritually coast in 2020. About four weeks ago, a African-American pastor outside of Washington, D.C., by the name of Dr. Howard John Wesley, 47 years old, preached a sermon, and it was, it was about a three-minute clip that, that went viral, and it started off by him saying, I'm tired in my soul. Not exhausted. He said, but I've thought about you, the church, every day for 12 years. Every morning I wake up and think about you. I think about your lives. I think about doing weddings and funerals and discipleship and preaching. He says he's preached at this church 5,000 sermons. And this went viral, and he said, I'm going to do something I've never done. My elders have approved it. I'm going to take a sabbatical. I'm going to take a break because I've been tired. And then he used the words, I feel so distant from God. He said, we pastors think that because we work for God, that we're closer to God. He said, when I started, I was working seven days, and a member of the church asked me, why do you work every day? And Wesley said, Dr. Wesley said this, he says, the devil doesn't take a day off. And she said, elderly lady said, why does the devil have to become your role model? Jesus is your role model, and he took time off. 2020, the temptation will be to spiritually coast, to go on neutral, to kind of keep it as you've always kept it. And I think the solution, it's not, it's not profound and it's not new. It's certainly not new. But the solution is to add some alone time and quality time with God. To add some alone time and some simplicity with God. The contemplatives called it going to the desert. And for radical extroverts like me, this is not an easy task of getting alone with God and being quiet. But it's vital. Because after a while, you're going to realize a couple things about your life. One, I got a soul, and I got to take care of it. Now, we realize we have a body, and we have to take care of it through good exercise and eating right and sleeping. But all of a sudden, we start to realize my soul feels depleted. 
Jesus is our model for this. Look at a couple of these verses. When he got the news of John the Baptist dying, he slipped away by a boat to an out-of-the-way place by himself. He goes on to tell us this in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet and secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play with God. The focus will shift from you to God. That's what alone time does with God. Whether you call it a lone time or quiet time, however you want to frame it. Jesus goes on in Matthew 14, it's said of this. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. And he stayed there alone late into the night. Could 220 start a new spiritual place for you? Uh, a lot of people in my college where I teach are into the one-year Bible, and, and, it's, and I've done it for about five years, but I started to realize that I was rushing through all of that. I was just rushing through Genesis and rushing through Leviticus so I could say I got through the whole Bible. And lately, I've just kind of changed that in the last year or two. I've just started to slow it down, read the Psalms a little bit slower. Maybe your prayer life in 220 will be more intentional. Maybe it won't be so much about quantity, but quality. Maybe you'll read your Bible slower. Maybe your pace of prayer will be different. What I know about you and what I know about me is that we're hurried. So I'm asking God for me and for you for a different cadence, a different pace, a different rhythm. So I've got a prayer for us. And it started off from John Eldridge's 60-second prayer pause. You can download. It's a little app. And Rhonda and I have been doing it for about three weeks now. It's a little app. It's called Pause. And uh, it comes to you. It, you, you can punch it in where it comes to you two or three times a day. And, and it, there's a one-minute, there's a three-minute, a five-minute, a ten-minute. And then there's nothing really that profound about it. It's just a reminder to slow it down and to pause. So as we close this time, I'd like us to pray this prayer that's on your screen and the prayer says this, Father, in 2020, help me ruthlessly deal with hurry. Jesus, help me listen to my soul with greater curiosity. Spirit, help me add simplicity and alone time in my relationship with you. Would you, would you pray this with me? Can we pray this together twice together? Father, in 2020, Help me ruthlessly deal with hurry. Jesus, help me listen to my soul with greater curiosity. Spirit, help me add simplicity and alone time in my relationship with you. Let's pray this one more time. Father, in 2020, help me ruthlessly deal with hurry. Jesus, help me listen to my soul with greater curiosity. Spirit, help me add simplicity and alone time in my relationship with you. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Sandhills Community Church. Feel free to share this with others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information, please visit our website at www.sandhillschurch.org.